Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday morning to y'all. I threw in the y'all because yeah. I was trying to at least at least keep some of my Southwest. Wait, what? There's yeah. no y'all in the Southwest? I'm picturing that cowboys. Hey, y'all. I, I guess. I maybe. You're right. It's yeah. the South. But yeah. Of course, as I learned last night, Andy doesn't know his East from West. 
at all. <laughs> no, because I what? said, oh, yeah, tomorrow, you know, my daughter's got to go really? to a dance competition in Higley, which is like far East Valley. And Andy's oh. like, oh, yeah, that's right near me. And I'm thinking, no, you're West. That's East. <laughs> he doesn't know his directions. So I understand why he would think Savannah, Georgia is the Southwest. Y'all. It is. Very much, yeah. When, when, again, it's the Southwest when you're when you're Com- you know over in Africa. compared to where JJ's going. Yes, it is the Southwest. I missed so much. I missed so much. Oh, good times. Happy Death Day to you. Do you guys? You uh, I, and I, I understand that there is a um, division in the ranks. Derision in the not, ranks. Not, not not division. It was just me against three. That's all. <laughs> it's not division. It was a pile on. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry you you did. They're care like, for why it. are you grumpy? Why can't you just have hey, fun? You've got the equalizer. Yeah. You go watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> and Monuments <laughs> Man. Oh yeah, yes. take that one. I know. Lest we forget. <laughs> uh, well, I missed the show, but I have to to throw in my vote. I quite enjoyed Happy Death Day to you. I thought it was terrific. Thank you. And you're there. You you're go. entitled to that opinion. That was- you can go sit and enjoy. It. You can go, you. Oh, just wait till we get to the ranking between that and first man. You can go enjoy that. Oh, oh, no. Ah. Oh, you guys. OK, well, I, I, I really can't wait to edit that. Joke. <laughs> Pete's going to creatively edit the flick right. chart ranking. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually just gonna switch all the votes from for, from 2001. It's just gonna be. You'll, you'll name the movie, and then I'll just do the rock paper scissors from 2001. I'm gonna keep that as I'm a canned you, element. <laughs> you've, I was say you've got a whole library of rock paper scissors that you can just start I dropping do. in wh- whichever I, whichever outcome you want. I do yes. at this point. I really should manipulate this. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to say manipulate it more, but I haven't even started manipulating it. That begins today. Uh, it's just rock paper scissors at Pete's discretion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, funny. Well, so uh, what's up? What do we What do we have on the list today? Can we? Can we? Can I ask a question? What is going on with the Oscars telecast? Oh my goodness! You... They keep changing things again, right? Because they said, "No, we're not going to air. We're going to do these off air." And now they're taking that back. Yes. Yeah. Is what I heard. Yeah. Yes. So much hubbub so, uh, arose uh, from it uh, that uh, you know, not just from viewers, but also from uh, filmmakers like Guillermo del Toro and Alfonso Cuarón. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the uh, American Society of Cinematographers saying, uh, <laughs> we must protest. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I really feel actually bad for the folks at the Academy because they are they are stuck in this weird position where they feel like they're playing this game of we have to shorten this show, even though it's I don't think the length is the issue. I just think it's an issue that they're that viewership for awards shows is diminishing. And it, I think that they are trying to find a way to uh, keep afloat and i just don't know if it'll i don't know if it's going to work whatever they do oh man you went dark i thought i i actually didn't think about it deeply enough but uh and and thought well maybe it is just a thing of length maybe they're just concerned about that but i think you have a really good point maybe it's not the length at all maybe they're just boring it's uh, yeah cuz i mean everybody <laughs> everybody complains about different things you know oh it's you know i hate listening to the speeches they're so boring i hate all the skits they're so boring i hate all the musical numbers they're so boring and they keep trying to cut those and people are like no that's what we want to watch and 
yeah. it's 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 problematic because I mean, if you cut all those things, then what do you have? It's just like a statistics show, uh, you know. It's yeah, right, and you have right. the you have the next day recap, yeah. which is if that's what you if that's what you want, then just then just yeah, wait till tomorrow exactly. and, so, and get the list. That's what I did with the Grammys because there's like eight million categories in the Grammys, and I never watch it because I don't know what they're gonna air. And I was scrolling through the list, and I thought, oh my gosh, there's like fifty more categories than I thought there were already. <laughs> And they don't do all of those, and people don't care or complain about that. So I, I don't. And we there's far fewer categories here, but to say, oh, this one category, cinematography, which is unique to this medium, yes, I think that's sort of an important thing to have. I think what they were trying to do is show because uh, they because some people retorted, why don't you just you know do that with all the the, the you know the shorts. Um, but I think yeah. they purposefully chose not to do that because it's like, if we do that, then obviously we're saying those are less important than the other things. So they had to try to right. find a way to say, okay, we've got to play a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So it doesn't look like we're showing favorites. And inevitably, whichever categories they picked would have um, uh, people would have complained about. Well, and and the plan, to be clear, was that they would pick four categories this year, and those would be exempt from being broadcast yes. during the commercial break the following right. year. Right, it was a rotation. So, well, uh, yeah, it was a rotation. Right. And, and, and they weren't actually even cutting them all the no, way. They were just... just the speeches, they, right? Yeah, well, it was. they were just going to have... The, they yeah. were going to cut out the walking and all that, so you would... Then they would come back to the speech, and if the speech went long, they would possibly yeah. cut. Right, right. So well, it wasn't like it wasn't going to be present at all. It was just in a more condensed version. And and John Bailey, president of the Academy, uh, right now, you know, he's a cinematographer. <laughs> Talk about the guy taking <laughs> taking the first shot. I, you know, I yeah. I actually don't think this was a terrible plan. Uh, and uh, I think you know, if they're trying to they're trying to please too many masters, that's the that is a a bigger yes. problem. But, um, you know, this this solves a problem that apparently many people didn't think was the problem to be solved. Uh, and so it's not going to be a problem anymore. And now they're back to solving these same old problems. Yeah. This is very confusing. <laughs> yeah. It's just they're in a, a, a tough spot and they will perpetually be trying to solve this issue that it, it's not going to get solved because it really just I kind of feel like awards. whatever John Bailey wakes up in the morning, all he hears is it's your birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday <laughs> every morning right now. Uh, uh, sad news. Bruno Gantz died. Oh, yes. Yeah, he passed away. He was uh, uh, fantastic in um, some of uh, Vim Vender's films like Wings of Desire and uh, the follow up, Far Away So Close. Plus, he did a really wonderful, I guess you could say, portrayal of Hitler in Downfall. Um, yeah. Really spectacular uh, actor. And it's sad to see him uh, pass away. It is sad. Yeah. I don't have a good segue for this. It was going to be something about uh, <laughs> relationships passing away, and that totally minimizes either Bruno Gans or Marvel and Netflix. Can we? Oh. I, I wanted to talk about the new sh the new best, I, I guess, shipping uh, experience we have in between studios. That now that Marflix is on the rocks, and we have Mulu. <laughs> with you want to talk about the offenders about what <laughs> yeah the uh, offenders. I, i'm really curious to see yeah the the news this week uh steve is that uh, marvel television and hulu announced four 
new animated series. Uh, they've got uh, Marvel's Modok, which is that the giant Pete. You love this guy, the giant floating head with a little tiny <laughs> oh, yeah. body. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this <laughs> this show is about an egomaniacal supervillain with a really big head and really little body who struggles to maintain control of his eagle or- organization and his demanding family. Uh, the writers on that are Jordan Bloom and Patton Oswalt, which should make for a fun show. The the next in the lineup is Marvel's Hit Monkey, which tells the tale of a wronged Japanese snow monkey mentored by the ghost of an American assassin as he cuts a wide swath through the Tokyo underworld in this darkly cinematic and brutally funny revenge saga. Uh, Josh Gordon and Will Speck are behind that one. You have Marvel's, Marvel's uh, Tigra and Dazzler show. The two woke superheroes are best friends. They fight for recognition among powered people who make up the 8 million stories in Los Angeles. That's uh, uh, Erica Rivanoja and Chelsea Handler behind that one. And then, of course, there's Howard the Duck coming uh, to the uh, animated world here. Um, he is uh, he is hoping to return home with the help of his unstoppable gal pal Beverly before the evil Dr. Bong can turn him the crispiest dish on the menu. This is uh, Kevin Smith and Dave Willis behind this one. And what they're actually doing is building all of these four shows to a uh, I can't I no. can't help but think no. that we <laughs> no. that we had the defenders and now we have Marvel's The Offenders. <laughs> <laughs> they will be <laughs> building just, to that you show. You can't read that and not think that somebody at, at Marvel is giving the middle finger to Netflix. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think it's funny. I really do. <laughs> where where do you stand on these properties? I don't though? know. Like, I, I, I don't know. The I don't ones know that I know of, I mean, obviously, I know Modoc and I know Howard the Duck, but I I don't really know these other two properties at all. We are definitely, we're we're into some brave new territory with the the marvel catalog that is true that is true i mean i'm familiar with them in a very general sense like i i recognize uh tigra or tigra i don't know how you say it but um i like i recognize her and modok and of course howard the duck but um i i don't know enough of any of their stories i'm curious largely because the people behind them the teams i think are interesting and so i think they could be doing something that's going to be a lot of fun i'm Steve, are you are you bringing up Hulu now, or just to wait? Or he's getting his subscription renewed because he can't wait <laughs> for the next five years. Uh, I'm paying right now. Uh, right. Um, I don't. Uh, you know, I I kept up with the first couple of seasons of Daredevil. I I just never. I I need to get back to Netflix Marvel to finish that stuff up. But uh, yeah, I don't. It's not my like must see TV. And then this one animated i it's not high on my priority list you know the the one marvel property that is on hulu the what is it the runaways the styling of that logo we in our house we just jokingly call it the subways because it is stylized like the subway logo and uh i just it's we've hit like peak marvel where it's now like oversaturated and i suppose the approach is there's something for everyone there that there's not perhaps the expectation that everyone is going to look at and watch everything. So I do appreciate the diversity in their portfolio. I just don't know that that's for me. Yeah, I I really wonder what's next with um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. gets, uh, you know, they got a half season that looks like it's coming back later in 2019. Um, I'm I, I still excited about cloak and dagger but uh that's coming back for season two soon right 
it is coming back for season two, and I'm I'm a little bit nervous about it. They're going to have to pick up the pace a little bit because I sat through the entire first season and I like the character building stuff. But, you know, you show up for Cloak and Dagger, you want Cloak and Dagger and you want them to, you know, do the thing that they do. And you get very little of them doing the thing that they do. Uh, and so I think they slow played the the mystery of the origin story of these kids and they need to get to work. Uh, because it, it was a snooze in, in a lot of places and I'm a fan. Um, so cloak and dagger was great. Um, or, or I think has, has a great amount of potential and uh, I'm, I am actually a fan of the runways. I had a good time with it. Um, and, and, am recently caught up. I, I, weirdly the, the Marvel stuff, I'm in the middle of season two of Luke Cage right now. I haven't done the last season of iron fist. I'm caught up on Jessica Jones. I haven't done the most recent season of Daredevil, uh, and I did like The Defenders. I wanted that to be more successful than it was. I like all the shows, but like you, Steve, I kind of wonder why when I have the opportunity to watch something, I'm not watching those. Like, right. why is yeah. why did that not cement for me? Um, I, I kind of feel like Luke Cage and Iron Fist are blocking Daredevil for me, which is the one I'm most excited about. I just want to make sure I have everything that I need to know before I watch that show. Um, and that's the challenge, I think. Yeah, maybe that is the challenge. I, I am more likely to go and watch uh, like Russian Doll or Lodge 49 because it's like, I know I just have to watch this where now it's like, OK, do what do I watch Jessica Jones season two? And where do I do with Luke Cage and Iron Fist? And and what which ones do I need to prioritize? And then I haven't even touched the defenders because I never finished Iron Fist and Luke Cage season one. So. Yeah, it's it's just building, you know, continuous obstacles to me enjoying this because I don't know. I don't want to be confused mm -hmm. as an audience member. When you integrate and cross over all these things, I feel like, oh, I'm getting to this point of I'm going to be missing crucial information that's going to inhibit my enjoyment of this because I'm going to be confused or I'm going to be missing crucial information. Whereas something that's standalone on its own, I know. People would say they're enjoying this. Great. I'll sit down. I'll knock out eight episodes and I don't have to be asking like, well, wait, who's this person? And oh, there's this relationship. Did I? Oh, I needed to watch this whole other series yeah. to really. Now, I don't want to have to guess or, you know, get out a spreadsheet to say, OK, here's my viewing order. Let me sit down with my viewing plan. And this is how I'm going to do it. I want to sit down in front of my TV, turn on a show. They need and watch to do it. what they do in the comics. Because, I mean, I think that's yes. that's a huge thing. Yes. I mean, comics, it's it's such an enveloping world with all of the stuff they have going on. It's hard to stay on top of yeah. everything that they're doing. But what they do yes. is they'll have those little blurbs. So if you're reading one particular comic line and all of a sudden it's interrupted by some random thing from a different comic line, it'll have the little asterisk and it'll give you a tiny bit of information to kind of clue you in. So you go, oh, OK, that's that gives me enough plot information. So I have a sense as to why this is relevant here. Mm -hmm. And and it would be great. Yes, Netflix has my viewing history. They could say, hey, you're about to start this episode. We noticed you haven't watched season one of Luke Cage. You might want to watch that first before jumping or into even, the Defenders. You know, they can develop something that is akin to what they did yeah. with the latest Black Mirror episode, where oh. as, as, yeah. as you're watching something, <laughs> it'll pop something up on the screen when information comes up and you can go, oh, that's that's what this is. And you can click on it. And I mean, it could even jump you to the relevant scene of the other show. <laughs> 
you can watch the scene and go, oh, yes. okay, and then you can pop <laughs> back to it. Amazing. They have some interesting technology that they could play with, and it could be really cool. So that way, if you really just want to focus on Daredevil, you can watch Daredevil, but you can catch those bits that happen in those other shows. I think that's, you know, it's time for Netflix to step up. <laughs> Get on it, <laughs> we Netflix. We just invented a whole new product line. For <laughs> I them. did. I did. This is going to be fantastic. Yes. I uh, I do want to mention before we leave the uh, this particular topic that we didn't mention the Punisher also on Netflix, which is oh uh, yeah that too. I, you know, I yeah. think it's a funny example though because it's sort of outside of the other four shows, right? It exists kind of it, it exists yeah. in its own storyline a, a little bit more than the other four. Uh, I, I think in in some regard, and I would say Jessica Jones was. Um, well, they they all did a good job in their first season of not um, anchoring to one another too much. The defenders obviously tied them together, but uh, I really enjoy John Bernthal as the Punisher, and I I haven't dug into his second season yet, but that's one that I I'm making time to do the whole thing for over a couple of days because I get uh, I, I was super wrapped into uh, the first season. Uh, it is not like the others. Uh, in in its sort of tone and tenor, I I, I just really like the dark, um, and it's super violent in in a lot of places, and uh, uh, I I really loved the risks that they sort of took with it. So I'm thrilled that it got a second season, and uh, I hope it I, I hope it's able to continue. Did you guys get into the Punisher at all? No, too much stuff. I, I mean, I want to. Yeah, I yeah. I love that character in the Daredevil, yeah. and it just yeah, there's. There's so much there. Yeah, I'm too far behind. And Bernthal, yeah. I mean, yeah. really, he's oh, he so was great. Good. Yeah, he's so yeah. good in this role. So, um, yeah, it's it's worth it. It looks like it looks like I, I don't want to. I, I, yeah, this is just a little tag at the end of this Variety article. The upcoming streaming yeah. service Disney Plus is working on multiple limited series centered on the Marvel Cinematic Universe characters, including Loki, <laughs> Scarlet Witch, Falcon, and Winter Soldier. So get ready oh, for that. Yes. There will always be something new to watch. <laughs> yeah, Andy. Wait, Oracle. Put the eye back in your head. This is what I'm good at, Pete. I can I can see these things. <laughs> Let's see. I I've made no progress in watching my best picture nomination, so still no. Nor have I. Nor have I've knocked it. I I did watch uh, Black Klansman with my wife and daughter because uh, they had not seen that. I had seen that in the theater, and so it was interesting to see their reactions to this my wife you know knowing it's a spike lee joint she was like you know he just gets too in your face with his message sometimes but she actually really enjoyed it and my daughter you know just having a great time with that and then we get to the end and they're both just like their faces just paled and they just were nearly both in tears uh at that final uh sort of updating i guess of the state of yeah. this the, the nation so uh i forgot what a gut punch that was so uh yeah so the uh, <laughs> the few that i've seen i've seen a couple twice now and a whole bunch that i still have yet to see but it is a holiday weekend it's a three-day weekend for me so i'm hoping to knock out a bunch of these this weekend as best i can i hope i can too and i also hope that i can somehow sneak out to see alita battle angel as well I've got my tickets for eleven thirty this morning. Going to see him with a sci-fi nice. buddy. Are you? Are you guys so. like? Are you genuinely looking forward to it? Or are you seeing it as a curiosity? I've been waiting for this movie for twenty years. 
Wow, that's a years. long wait. <laughs> yes, what, approximately 20 years, because right after Titanic, I read an article that said James Cameron has got two projects that he's looking at, this thing called Avatar and this Battle Angel Alita thing, and it was a matter of what the technology was going to be, because both of them were going to be a technological stretch and so he opted to go with avatar so ever since you know avatar went into production i've been waiting like what's going to happen with this other project because he had two and he chose one and i thought i'm really curious what the potential is in the other one so i've been eagerly awaiting to see if he was going to do something with this and then when he announced you know avatar two three four five six or however long that is i thought oh i'm never going to see this thing and then when this trailer popped up and i and with robert rodriguez attached i thought he's a filmmaker i he always entertains me so i i'm going in um knowing that both cameron and rodriguez have have stumbles occasionally so i'm not expecting a masterpiece but i'm expecting to be entertained and, and have a good time were you time. entertained so, by uh, shark boy and lava girl was that one of your <laughs> yes i like shark boy and La- that my kids were at the right age for that also the other did you hear the derision in his voice though steve i can't believe you actually answered that question it did not deserve to be answered andy you troll no, yeah. that and what was the other one? Shorts, He's, the shorts. Yeah, just whatever. Yeah, no, I see. That's yeah, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> no, I, I'm thrilled for you. I'm thrilled for you. I'm thrilled for you. It's that's not fine. getting yeah. better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thrilled that you love Happy Death Day too. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. A terrible person. I I am very much looking forward to it. I don't have a 20 year wait uh, under my belt, but uh, the the first trailer I saw, I I didn't even know what uh, Battle Angel Alita was uh, before I saw that first trailer and started looking into it. And so I am um, I'm sort of late to the to the Alita game, but man, it yeah. just looks fantastic. And it, so I'm I'm looking forward to the ride. And I showed the kids last night, and they're super stoked. So we're we're yeah. in for tomorrow night. Next week, I'll be able to give you guys an update on the Rocky Horror Picture Show Home Indoctrination right. Kit. Outstanding. We're doing that next Friday. And so next Saturday, if I'm able to rouse myself after that evening, I will give you an update as to how things went and see if it was a success or a disaster or just who knows. Who knows what happens? Do you have any, did you get? Did you actually have like, you know, labels or step, cards or some sort of like is what it what is it that it's going to look like if i'm one of the people that's coming in who's never seen rocky horror what is my oh well they're coming well they get to just be part they just everything's going to happen to them so we've got other people that have seen it and so we've got scripts with with, it's not just you and your wife throwing toast at your guests (laughs) no 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 so we're putting oh no we're so there are rules that will be shared because we're doing it in the house so we're putting um something over the the carpet because we will there's rice there's toast there's squirt guns so there will clearly be you know just as when you go to see it there's a little description and explanation of what you're about to participate in so there will be things like do not throw toast or squirt the squirt guns at the television Uh, we have we have toilet paper we all we also have themed um food items as well so there's you know lots of you know wiener shaped foods things like that um 
I think so you call them Frankenfurters. For them coming in, <laughs> I think we do call them Frankenfurters. Actually, I think they're what I I don't have the the menu that my wife put together for this uh, event. Uh, but there, we when we do things, we do things. You know, one hundred and twenty percent. So I think it's like wieners under the blanket or something. Like that. Instead of pigs in a blanket, it's yeah. like wieners under the blanket. Things like that. Uh, so yeah, the the two that have not experienced this, they just get to be there. Just like if you went to the theater and saw a midnight screening and a friend brought you, you didn't know what you're in for. You just sit there and enjoy the spectacle. So we're trying to recreate that experience in the house right that is amazing yeah. i'm still hoping that we can go i will let you know soon oh my okay. goodness oh yes so there's you know we're, we're not requiring people to dress up we're not doing any of those things uh we have uh, on the menu meatloaf meatballs wieners under the covers uh bourbon cocktail sausages uh hot buttery popcorn <laughs> plain old cupcakes and red velvet cupcakes um our signature drinks we're gonna be serving the virgin's cherry bourbon sour uh yeah the event uh yeah, the Virgin Sacrifice and Rules starts at 7.50, 8 o'clock the movie, and then at uh, midnight, say hello to Oblivion. <laughs> oh, Steve. Oh, Steve, yes. you guys. Pete, get down here next Friday. Yeah, come on right? down. My Just come on down. Yeah. I, I love yes. the, experience, the, the thought of walking into your house thinking you're going to see this movie with some friends and like the entire place is covered in visqueen like like that's also what happens in mob hits too you know like <laughs> why is that why what is what is going on yeah yeah, yeah. don't 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 yeah. we i need you to stand over here no a little closer yeah. a little closer perfect <laughs> well well done i can't wait for the uh can't wait for the update Andy, I hope you go because I I feel like we're going to need neutral reportage, <laughs> participant reportage right. from this experience. Right. Uh, we ready to do trailers? Yes, let's do them. Yes. Do we have any? We don't have any A24 or we Red do Band, not. do we? We do not. What is going on? Yeah. Like A24, they need to what what they need. Come on, where's where's the content well, we in the Red Band from A24? <laughs> yeah, we do. And where's the Red Band trailers? I mean, come on, what's going on here in 2019? <laughs> 2019's failing us already. They are. It's been very disappointing. All right, that's right. I um, I don't know who should go first. Mostly, I m- m- I threw away my pick because uh, Andy got the one that I like the most. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I feel like you should. Just why don't you go ahead? I'm go ahead and hit this one off. I am excited yeah, about go. this. I had not heard anything about uh, this this new film by Danny Boyle called Yesterday. I, I've been waiting for it for twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Danny Boyle's uh, directing it. Richard Curtis uh, wrote the screenplay story by Jack Barth. This is the story of a struggling musician um, who uh, the world has this strange. I'm assuming it's going to end up being unexplained event where a little, I don't know, glitch in reality happens where all of a sudden uh, the Beatles have been uh, erased from the earth. But for whatever reason, our protagonist, Jack, he happens to be getting into an accident right at the moment this glitch happens. And he remembers the Beatles and he starts as a struggling musician, just kind of casually singing their songs. And people are like, wow, that's amazing. And and he's just like, oh, well, it's the Beatles. And they're like, who are the Beatles? You know, John, Paul, George, and Ringo. And 
it it's just it's so clever the the whole conceit of it and he becomes this huge star because he's performing these amazing songs and it just it I don't know. It cracks me up. It has this this kind of magic to it. Uh, you have this uh, really interesting actor, Himesh Patel, playing Jack, um, who has been in no films. Uh, this will be his first feature film, but he's big on on British TV. Uh, EastEnders, the TV show, just that alone, he was in 566 episodes of that show. <laughs> so very busy working on that particular um, film or that TV show. And a bunch of other TV shows as well. So he's he's a very big TV actor, but here he is uh, kind of taking the lead for this film. And he looks great. And Lily James is his uh, love interest in this. And I think it looks very uh, sweet, the connection between the two of them. Plus, you have Kate McKinnon and then lots of people playing themselves like James Corden and Ed Sheeran. And I just I love the Beatles. I thought that this was a really clever kind of take on the magic of their music and uh, and who you are as an artist, especially in a situation like this where you are being becoming known for being a great uh, writer singer when you are completely lying to everybody around you. I, I it looks magical. I really can't wait for this. What do you guys think? Well, I can't uh, wait yeah. for this movie. What are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I, for for all of those reasons, the uh, the cast is great. Anna de Armas is in it. I I just uh, I, James Corden, the Ed Sheeran bit on the plane is too much. <laughs> Even the rapping? No, no, you shouldn't rap. <laughs> that was great. It was a great bit. So I am. I and and he has a fantastic voice. Yeah. Um. To to be able to pull this off, right? I mean, he just he sounds great, uh, Hamish Patel. And so I'm. I, I mean, the, the thing they do with his teeth when he gets hit by the that's tough to look oh, at. No. Um. <laughs> Uh, generally, oh God, this is this is going to hit you in the feels. Yes. Oh, it's and the I love the the concept, but then you you get into this, you know, the, the moral dilemma yeah. that he's facing of like, I have all this knowledge, do I do I use this for my own benefit? And I'm looking forward to that that journey, that sort of moral journey he's going to take, because we do have that little tease. And I know trailers can be misleading of when he's on, you know, James Corden show. He's like, oh, we've got two gents here that say that they've written these songs. Um, and the fact that one of them's barefoot. I mean, you've got the whole Abbey Road cover thing going on there. And I'm, I'm curious to see what the reveal is there. Uh, but I just love the <laughs> so many great laughs in that trailer from you know no you should change it to hey dude and and well it's He's great right. but That's you better. know it's not cold play it's not fix you and i'm like oh yes <laughs> yeah i, I this looks fantastic yeah. can't come soon no it, it's and it will be hitting no. here in the u.s uh, june 28th uh, also turkey and india and the uk same day germany gets it earlier june 6th and then it looks like well, that makes sense that Germany would get the Beatles first, right? <laughs> sure. If you know your Beatles uh, history. No, I don't know why that would be. What? They played the nightclubs in Germany. That's where they got their big... You don't I know don't your know Beatles well history. well enough, clearly. I still think it's odd that Germany is where it's premiering. <laughs> and then it goes to Hong Pete, Kong, Do you know what Argentina, I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking that. about. All right. Okay. Because if... You, if Andy, go watch. On, you've got Hulu. I don't have Going Hulu. back to Hulu. There's that. What? Oh, there's that great Ron Howard yes, documentary about exactly the Beatles, which, it, and you, you've seen yeah, it, beat, yeah. right? And the, what blew me away was the Sigourney Weaver. 
Oh, bit, totally. Where they've got the photo, they've got the photo of what, like fifteen-year-old Sigourney right. Weaver at the Hollywood Bowl That's at the right. Beatles concert. I'm just, yeah. I, if you, if you, and yeah. I think if you ever have uh, you know doubt about you know, Ron Howard, uh, <laughs> like, yeah. and, and so sometimes turns saccharine, man, he turns it on in this in this movie. I think he he loves the property. So it, it's a what was it's that called again? Of, of love. Eight days a week. Yep. Mm, okay. Cool. Who's next? next? Yeah. All right. Yes, Dave. Uh, well, Andy took yesterday, mm-hmm. and so then I'm looking. I'm like, fine. I'm going to take his trailer. What would what would Andy <laughs> do? Right? What would he he pick? <laughs> yes. What what would Andy do for a trailer? And he would he would pick a psychological horror thriller about a lonely woman who befriends a group of teenagers and decides to let them party at her house, and then things go wrong from there. Because that's what happens when you're a teenager. You make bad choices and then, you know, crazy things happen. Uh, This is Ma. Uh, What surprised me was to see Octavia Spencer getting into horror. Uh, But this is from director Tate Taylor, who directed her in The Help so I don't understand what's going on in this world. When <laughs> I directed the help, and then this weird, creepy horror movie called Ma. This is um, originally I wanted to direct with the help, and we just couldn't quite yes, get it there. Good. <laughs> but we've got uh, Missy Pyle, Luke Evans, Juliet Lewis, Octavia Spencer. Uh, I get this. So I mean, the whole setup is we've got kids that are going out to a party, and they need an adult to buy some booze, and Octavia Spencer just happens to be the one that they ask and she's like well yeah but come back to my place and she's got a basement and there's there's rules they can do anything in the basement they stay down there they can't go upstairs that's the rules but as the trailer reveals then this uh ma she's got uh she knows their parents so we get into this what's going on is this sort of like a revenge thing of the parents did something to her when they were in school and now she's taking it out on the kids so there's something more than just oh crazy lady lures teens to her basement uh there's some other dynamics going on which i think is as i mentioned on the film board discussion last night horror is hitting this resurgence and we've got good quality horror movies for teens we're going back to like the the late 80s again of like what happens when you know teens violate those those norms there are there's punishment and consequences and i love sort of the idea of bringing the parents into it of whatever poor decisions parents make can then the consequences can be passed on down to their their kids so little bit with this cast i'm expecting something a little bit more i was also intrigued by the fact that it is written by scotty land landis landis who is known for comedy uh so i don't know if this is really just a dark comedy that they're sort of presenting as a, a horror film or not uh so i'm very very interested and curious what type of movie we are going to see when this hits theaters on may 31st did, did, what did, did scotty landis think? just need get out to be made and be successful in order to make this story you know like yeah the the weird yeah. sort of social horror um i yeah. i looked at this and immediately saw the trailer for greta which is coming out i think around the same time oh yeah, uh, yeah. Greta's coming out uh, actually just next month and um it, it's kind of the same vibe. What is it with the 
these this this vibe where the young person uh, it gets embroiled with an older person and the older person is insane uh, and murderous <laughs> and terrible. Uh, we uh, that is a generation gap horror, and I think we need to fix that or else because <laughs> it's portraying Gen X as a bunch of maniacs. Yeah. Is that what well, your concern is? Well, I have is? to tell yeah. you guys, like the three of us. We're about to be the old people. So I don't know what happens. It's sort of a yesterday style. We're going to get hit by a bus and suddenly we're going to leave our wallets on trains. And uh, yeah, it's not good. We're that character now. This is like the feeling when uh, uh, Aubrey Plaza plays the mom. Uh, that transition mm-hmm. is hard to accept, but it's us. Yes. So. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm looking forward to this one. I, I love the idea of of Octavia. Uh, taking on this role it uh it really piques my curiosity and uh I, I saw the trailer before uh happy death day to you and the trailer got the audience very excited so i am very much looking forward to this one that's interesting that you saw ma they actually uh played greta again for us and not ma hmm. oh yeah. so. hmm. big story there um, wow yeah Ooh. all right <laughs> All right, I got a trailer. What you got, Pete? I got a trailer. You, 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 you do. You sound really excited about this trailer. You know what it is? This trailer. I. Okay, Seth Rogen. I have such a. a uh, I'm going to say just a relationship with, with Seth Seth Rogen. I feel like he has done some movies that I laugh really, really hard at. I mean, I mean, this is the end. I thought was terrific i thought it was hysterical and when he takes on uh roles that that veer towards uh towards serious i tend to like him even more and um so he's he's in this place for me that is he's just sort of a mercurial performer because i don't really relate to all of his his things i don't relate to um you know it was the food one the the food cartoon um that sausage, sausage party. party. I, I, there were some laughs in that one, and and some lines that that stuck with me. But generally, I, I did not connect with that. <clears throat> Sorry, hang on. <clears throat> there were some lines in that one, but generally, I didn't connect with the humor. But this this movie, uh, you know, long shot, I think is it's meta satisfying because I think my enjoyment of this movie also may be a long shot. Um, then you add the fact that Charlize Theron is in it and plays his former teen babysitter and now secretary of state and is running for the presidency of the wait, United wait, States. Wait, secretary of which state? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> you know, some of those bits I think could be cute and funny. And uh, yes. he is a writer and uh, she hires him to, to write because, you know, he's outgoing and knows her. And it, it is a far-fetched kind of a premise uh, for a comedy love story. Uh, but I, I have to tell you, like, I saw this trailer and I thought, okay, I, that's when I'll give it a shot because I, I really want to like these characters in this movie. Then I looked at the rest of the cast. All right, you guys, come on. Alexander yeah. Skarsgård is in it. Andy Serkis is in it. What? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I just love that. Randall Park, uh, James Saito, Ravi Patel. It's It's got a fantastic cast. Boys to Men is in it playing themselves. Uh, I... I, 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 I I have a I have a spark of hope that that this is a movie that's I'm going to find charming and funny. I, I don't know. Am I alone? 
completely? Am I an island? No, it's the sort of movie that feels like it could be uh, like a, a Dave type of movie or a uh, the American president type of movie. It has kind of that mm-hmm. that vibe. And and I like that. It doesn't mean it's going to be a great movie, um, but it has things going for it. And so to that end, I'm like, OK, I, I'll, I'll give it a chance. Yeah, I think I was curious to see who was directing this because when with Seth Rogen, okay, who's directing him? How how much is he going to be improv in this? How much is he going to be reined in? And it's a mixed bag. This is Jonathan Levine, Levine, yeah. who I I okay, I our family really loved his you know zombie Romeo and Juliet film Warm Bodies. Um, you know, the night before, okay, that's your you know Seth Rogen, James Franco going you know crazy. But then we've got early on, all the boys love Mandy Lane, which I know did not go well. And then I remember hearing about the Wackness, the one with Ben Kingsley and drug dealing that seemed to do well in festivals, but just never found an audience. And then you've got the uh, Just Gordon Levitt and 50-50. So I don't know what the tone is going to be on this, if it's going to really embrace that comedy piece or if the trailer is highlighting the comedy because of Seth Rogen, this is going to be a movie with a little bit more heart to it. So I'm... Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic about this one that uh, I'm hoping that it's they're pushing the Seth Rogen piece uh, for for marketing reasons to get the audience in there. And what I found sort of I don't know if I want to say upsetting or is uh, the IMDb list, you know, descriptions talks about Fred 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 Flarsky reunites with his first crush. So it's all about him. But from the trailer, it seems that it's more her yeah. story. I wanted to so be her now story. I, don't, I think that's a, right. That's, I, yeah. Yes. Well, so check I, this I don't out. Know the, the, you know, the thing that actually I was more interested in terms of the the pedigree of the film, it was written by um, one of the writers is Liz Hanna, uh, who actually was co-writer on The Post. Um, oh, and, yes. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it trucks with with good company. It's the fact that, you know, I think um, Jonathan Levine didn't write it. Uh, might be might be in its favor, right? For for some of that comedy, yes. it has a little bit more of a um, uh, sensitive um, kind of uh, emotional place. Uh, the other writer on this is Dan Sterling, and um, Dan has is a longtime producer on The Office and uh, Girls and Sarah Silverman and and Daily oh, okay. Show. Um, in terms of his, uh, I. Th- I he wrote the interview, he co-wrote the interview, and that was one that, you know, met with some uh, controversy Yes, uh, in terms of, of Seth Rogen and, and James Franco going to North Korea. Um, and uh, but, you know, so this is this one is the big kind of a, a, the next big shot to, to do something that yeah. actually has a statement and and connects with folks. So here's hoping. Did I say when it comes out? It comes out in uh, when does it come out? May I think, May third in the U.S. Uh, and uh, kind of rolls out after that. It's already dropped at at South by Southwest. No, it hasn't. March 9th, twenty nineteen. What month is it? Still February. Yeah. So it's hitting South by Southwest in March. <laughs> it drops here in May. So there you go. Cool. Okay. Well, I guess that means it's time. Time for our lists. Rocky Four. People went with Cold War films. 
not did training that, montages. Did that surprise you? No, it didn't actually. I I, yeah. I feel like you know we've thrown training montages in there often enough, but I feel like you know we've probably talked about trailer montages in some other list. So yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. Here we are. All right, talking about Cold War films because Rocky <laughs> Four arguably is is about bringing the East and the West together, as we find at the end. <laughs> Bringing them together yeah. as yeah, trying and then beating trying, the crap out of them and, in the ring. No, yes, he, he has his yes. speech at the end. You know, you hated me, I hated uh, you, okay. but now we can all be together. It was all about you know ending the Cold War and coming together as one, and beating and okay. beating okay. the the bad guy. But yeah. still, <laughs> he's got his whole guy, speech. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's a speech. There's a speech. It's a speechy movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Andy, you gotta you gotta kick okay. it off. Your favorite cold. Movie. I'm going with um, uh, I think one of my favorite spy films, if not my favorite spy film. Um, it is uh, 1965 a British Cold War film that Martin Ritt directed, based on the novel by Jean Le Carré. It is the spy who came in from the cold. I. I just I feel the 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 chill of this film and I love the spies and and it's I mean, it's most mostly kind of the Cold War, you know, East and West Germany, not so much with the Russia's Russians, but but still I man just watching uh, Lemus as his character kind of navigate this world of of uh, spies and and um, double agents and triple agents. And it just it it's just a really beautiful film. And it's done amazingly. Richard Burton is fantastic in it. Um, that's my first pick. The spy who came in from the cold. Nice pick. Have you guys seen I think this we one? Could probably, I think we could probably do a, a, a mega list of all nine films based on Jean Le Carre properties I think for the Cold War. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> probably could. It has been a very long time since I've seen it, uh, but I, I uh, love it. it. It is not a steal, but it was on the list. That's gone on my list after the name, of the, name of the father. Daniel Day-Lewis. The name father. of the Daniel Day-Lewis? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever, because I, I, as I looked into Cold War, I'm like, ah, there were a lot of these that just. I'm looking at lists of things. I'm like, yeah, haven't seen it, haven't seen it, haven't seen it. A lot of stuff that I probably should have seen, but it was just not a genre that I ha- that has always appealed to me. I guess I, I don't know why. Uh, so it was. I don't want to say it was a challenging list, but there were just some where I thought, oh, there's a lot in here that I have not seen. So I, I had to dig into some things that i'd seen that you guys hadn't talked about on the show and i'm trying to find a theme to pull everything together and i'm like do i go with spy movies what you know what defines cold war movies is it is it the espionage is it the the east versus west you know there's it u.s versus russia what's going on so i've got a hodgepodge of things but i it's all um well, I, I'm probably going to go in chronological order here, I think. And I'm going to start with one that I saw in the theater. Uh, and it the, the twist at the end just blew my mind. And it was one that me and my friend had to like debate and discuss what was really going on with this movie with these twists. This is 1987, Kevin Costner, No Way Out. Uh, we've got a cover-up and is uh, we've got an agent, uh, sort of a, a spy who's infiltrated and revealing this identity. Uh, to me, this was, you know, I mean, it's peak late 80s Cold War. I mean, you've got Kevin Costner, Gene Hackman, Sean Young, Will Patton. Uh, 
I have not seen it in a long time. It's one that I hope holds up, uh, but one that I guess I was just at that right age of like tackling a complex, you know, sort of espionage thriller like this in 1987. I uh, I feel like that's one that I loved at the time, and I just don't remember it. But uh, it it probably is worth a rewatch yeah. because I remember just my mind kind of like my my young. Uh, let's see. That was what year? 87. So, so 87, yeah. uh, junior high, late junior high mind. I, I remember just like, whoa, like, you know, that whole sort of whoa, thing. So yeah. I, I wonder if I still feel that way, but I, it still is one that I, in my mind, hold in high esteem. I don't, I don't, I don't remember it. I, you don't I'm remember. sure I, I'm sure I saw it. <laughs> We're no use to okay. you. I don't remember. Well, I know you've got you, it's, you've got a Kevin Costner thing. I yeah. know that. It, yeah, so. it's Kevin. Got, yeah. All I can think of is yeah. all the Kevin Costner yes. movies, <laughs> and they all look <laughs> exactly the same except Waterworld, and that's only because he drinks his own pee. <laughs> does he drink his own pee in this movie? No, he does not. No, he does not. Oh my god! All, all right. right, what have you got, sir? All right, just, will, uh, just as a quick note, though, Steve, I will say, yeah. No Way Out is streaming on Amazon Prime. So if you have a membership, you can watch it. There. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, my first pick is a, uh, a film that uh, came out in January twenty fifth, nineteen eighty five, and uh, it it stars the uh, uh, the good uh, uh, Timothy Hutton and Sean Penn. Uh, it is based on a story, and that story is called The Falcon and the Snowman, a true story of friendship and espionage by Robert Lindsay. That's right. Steve Zalian's script, John Schlesinger's movie, The Falcon and the Snowman. Uh, I, I, this is another one that I have, I have a strong memory of, but mostly because there was a weird CIA plan to oust the prime minister of Australia. And I thought that's a weird thing to do, uh, but it it turns out it's uh, it, it was a true story about uh, drug addicts and uh, falconers and uh, the, you know and also spies. Like it is, uh, it, it's one of those movies that uh, um, I. I can't explain why it connected with me in 1985. Uh, I have no reason to to have a good memory of this movie or any memory at all. <laughs> and yet, for some reason, Timothy Hutton, like I wanted to be Timothy Hutton. And uh, I uh, so I I uh, I have a good memory of this. You guys remember Falcon and the Snowman at all? I remember I saw it way too young. Mm -hmm. And I uh, like probably when it first came out on HBO. And I just remember like being really depressed at the end and going, oh, yeah. boy, that was heavy. And then I've never returned to it. <laughs> it is. It's so heavy. It's so grim. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, it's, I have a weird, I have a weird thing for this movie. So Falcon yeah, Snowman. Never saw it. I remember it always being on cable TV growing up. But it, again, it being something where I'm like, that's heavy, serious stuff. I was not interested yeah. in that. But I, I understand wanting to be Timothy Hutton, but Timothy Hutton from, oh, what was the military school one? Taps. That also had Taps. Sean Penn in it. What was Taps. that one? Taps. Taps. Yeah. Right. That, that, who has everybody in it. Yeah. I remember, I remember Cruise, watching right. that a bunch of times. Yeah. But not Falcon of the Snowman. Yeah, right. No. All right. All right. What's your next pick, Andy? For my next pick, you know, I'm I'm feeling like I am staying, at least for now, I feel like I'm staying in the era of these films because my next one is, uh, I remember watching this film and just it blew my mind because of the 
the brainwashing and everything that uh, came of it. It is, uh, of course, John Frankenheimer's 1962 film, The Manchurian Candidate, with these uh, amazing sleeper agents that we end up getting in it. Uh, Frank Sinatra and Lawrence Harvey, Janet Lee, and then, of course, the horrifying Angela Lansbury. <laughs> I uh, just loved this film, and uh, I, I don't think the uh, the remake did... Uh, enough justice to it although you know it had some good performances but this original film is uh man it just it it was so great and and uh just the way that these guys get brainwashed and and the way that it twists at the end and what that uh kind of the final reveals and everything i just i i had such a great time with this movie and it's i mean it's right in that era of the wonderful films that John Frankenheimer was cranking out, uh, this and seven days in May seconds, which we've talked about. The train is another great one. Lots of great stuff. So, um, uh, that's my next pick Manchurian candidate. Exceptional pick. Going on my list. Oh my after goodness. The name of oh, Steve. No, oh, I swear. No, this loud. is one that, yeah, I know it's, it's one of those ones where I was just like, eh. And then it was like, I don't know. Somebody told me about some twist or something to it. And I'm like, ah, okay, I'll just wait. You didn't watch the remake, did you? Okay. No, no, no. Because I know that I need to watch the original. I know that. It's just, again, this is not a genre that's just really high. I'm actually looking at at my list. I'm like, all mine have like, there's some type of like twist to the end, I guess. So so I don't know if it's that that appeals to me. But I don't, political thrillers, they just, uh, some of them don't, they leave me cold. In the Cold War. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What to tell well, you. watch this one and let us know what you think after In the yeah. Name of the Father. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. God, your list is epic. And a couple other things. The Name of the Father has become yeah. a major blocking movie for it you. It really has. You're going to see that and watching yeah. movies will fall out. <laughs> it's because I keep watching yeah, TV watching shows these TV instead. Things, right? yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, I'm moving up chronologically to my next one, which is... A film that just, I think, if not for this film, there's a lot of things that wouldn't exist after it. And I remember, I believe I saw this in the theater. I I can't remember because it has been a long time and I have not seen it in a long time. But for me, it was uh, a clever sort of storytelling device when you have characters speaking in Russian and then slowly it just transitions into there's now speaking English. So we're getting the sense that they're Russians, but now we've got English. And this is the first Jack Ryan movie, the very first Jack Ryan movie, The Hunt for Red October, Sean Connery, uh, and our sort of one-off Jack Ryan, Alec Baldwin. I have not seen it in a long time, and I was I was trying to recall like who directed this, where did they go from here, and then I went down this rabbit hole of what the craziness that happened with John McTiernan mm, yeah, uh, after yeah, right. Rollerball, and then he was actually incarcerated in federal prison for almost a year in 2013 to 2014, because I was looking, I'm like, wait, he hasn't directed anything in a while. Oh, he right. was in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. But that's my second pick, you know, good old Hunt for Red October. I just rewatched this, um, not like a week ago or so, a week or two ago. Yeah, oh, I just really? rewatched it. And um, man, does this movie hold up so well. I have such a great time watching it. So uh, it was on my list and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad it's out there uh, on yours. Yeah, that's a that's a great pick. And uh, I have trouble. I mean, I all of the Jack Ryans, I think, have been 
have been good, but I have trouble watching any Jack Ryan and not comparing them to the Jack Ryan in this movie. I think Alec Baldwin's was the yeah. best, and and uh, uh, it's it's a disappointment that we we don't have we don't have more. Yeah, we've got. I'm, well, I'm, just, I'm trying Harrison to think. So we've, <laughs> we've got we've got Alec Baldwin. Yeah, Harrison Ford. Right. Uh, right. Ben Affleck. Ben, ben Affleck. Uh, John, John Krasinski. Krasinski. John Krasinski. I was, I was trying to think if there was another. Oh, and then um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Captain Kirk. Oh, Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Chris that's Pine. Right. Oh, that's Chris oh, Pine. Yeah. I was like, oh, I, I had right. it in my head. I'm like, I'm forgetting Jack somebody. Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. Somebody. Oh, yes, I forgot. All right, should we do, <laughs> oh, yeah. who, who's your favorite? So who's second favorite? I guess it would have to be Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, yeah. yeah. And and I haven't yeah. watched uh, Krasinski's. I haven't uh, but either. I, oh, I it's, 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 I've watched the first few episodes. It's it's good. I See, I think, I think Krasinski is get, gets back to the, um, the, the kind of, of uh, you know at least the look and the yeah. you know s- yeah. sort of mannerisms of the John or of the uh, Jack Ryan that I uh, love so much about Alec Baldwin and the Jack yes. Ryan that's portrayed in the book. Um, so I I don't know I I feel like that's that's closer to it. Yeah I uh, yeah All right. I, that's another TV show I'm curious about but um, we should do a Jack Ryan series one of these days Pete. There'd yeah. be a, there'd be a, some <laughs> one interesting one of movies these to days. look at yeah. Sneak them on the list, Andy. That's how you do it. Sneak them on. I'll never know. All right, Pete, what's your next one? All right. Uh, I uh, struggle with this one because I have a bunch of favorites that are right at the top, but you already uh, mentioned what was in my second place. I don't know if you remember this, Andy. I heard about this movie. I'd never seen this movie. I'd never heard about it. And I thought, oh, my gosh. We need to do this on the on our on our show. Uh, a couple of, I think it was probably a year ago. I called you and said, "Do you remember Seven Days in May? Had you ever seen it?" And you said, "Yeah, I've seen it. I love it." And I said, "Well, why don't you tell me about it? <laughs> you, you, it's your job is to tell me these things." <laughs> and uh, so I went and I found it, and I had never. I mean, I, watching it completely cold, uh, apart from some NPR reporter who said, "You know, if you want to see a story about chaos in." the white house you should watch seven days in may john frankenheimer's film and man nailed it with that description uh john frankenheimer uh, uh burt lancaster kirk douglas frederick marsh plays the president it is uh, when the the you know the president supports a nuclear disarmament treaty but the rest of the cabinet thinks there's going to be a sneak attack so they attempt to overthrow him and I just the whole story of chaos in the upper echelons uh, of our uh, political machine. uh, Well, let's say it's prescient. Uh, And I, uh, man, I I really connected this movie. It's uh, it it was just terrific from 1964. Every bit as relevant and resonant and creepy uh, today. Ava Gardner is in this movie. Yeah. You love Ava Gardner. She's she's here. It was great. It is a it is a really Steve. great film, and uh, I mean Kirk Douglas for me is uh, it's hard to say. I mean he and Burt Lancaster were both pretty standout in the film. Oh. It just is a just that whole uh, that whole story. It's it's a very tense, just a well made uh, film that's definitely worth checking out. Absolutely, and I don't think I, I just don't hear it talked about. Like I feel like it should be talked about every bit as much as the Manchurian Candidate uh, is. I don't know how this one seems to to have sort of a muted. Uh, cultural historical memory in in film i i just i there's no reason that i only heard that this film even existed a year ago i i feel like this should have been something that i i watched in college you know when we were studying film yeah somehow i missed it yeah or studying wartime you know cold war it's a good or it's a good story for that 
Right. Absolutely. So, Steve, I, I you haven't seen this one? <laughs> Never even heard of it. <laughs> if it's a Cold War movie from the 60s, unless it's Dr. Strangelove, haven't watched it, haven't heard of it. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, that, you know, I needed you to never have heard yeah. of it because that I needed you to prove yeah. my point. But it's a 7.9 yeah. on the Netflix, on the uh, IMDb star wow. rating. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, again, it's add that to your list. <laughs> yeah. And I'm wondering right. if you'll be adding this uh, final pick for me to your list as well. Probably. Is it's it from the, from the 60s? It's actually from 2006. Oh, okay. But I don't know. For some reason, I feel like you haven't seen it. Uh, it is uh, Florian Henkel von Donnersmark's uh, German film, The Lives of Others. This film um, just blew me away, and I, 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 it just totally was a surprise to me. This is the story about um, the monitoring of East Berlin residents by uh, the Stasi, the the secret police, and the the character that we predominantly are following is uh, one of these people who is listening in on on people and taking notes and and uh, and trying to figure out what's uh what's going on and stuff but he kind of is drawn into their lives and it's uh it's just this beautiful story and it haunting and painful and and just everything that you get but the characters are so good and this film just uh totally took me by surprise and uh it it i mean it really became a um a standout film at uh, at the Oscars because uh, it won the best foreign language film, beating out what some people um, thought would take it, Pan's Labyrinth. And I think a lot of people who uh, saw Pan's Labyrinth and not this were so mad that Pan's Labyrinth didn't win. But my comment to that is, have you seen this one? Because it's definitely the better film. So uh, that's my final pick, The Lives of Others. I need to add this to my list too. I regret that I have not seen it. I think I think this is one you did tell me about, and uh, that see, I this just is why I stopped to. telling you for these things because you're like, you know, you don't watch it. Yeah, no, Andy, you can try <laughs> that, but it's still going to be your fault. <laughs> Probably, you must not have persisted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, mem- I remember hearing about this, and it's again one, but this is one where I'm like, uh, okay, do I want to subject myself to this? Am I going to be depressed at the end of this? Is this how I want to spend time? And I do enjoy movies like this. It's just, this is one of those things back in the day when I would, you know, Netflix disc by mail where I might get something like this and then it would sit there on that shelf like, no, no, I'm going to get around to watching that. And it'll sit there for like six weeks when I'm, until I'm finally like, I got to send this back because I'm, I'm just never going to, when am I going to get around to watching it? I don't know. So this is like, I have to like schedule something like this in and say, I am making a commitment to watch this movie on this day because otherwise I'll always say like, well, Andy says I should watch in the name of the Fox. So I'll, <laughs> so I'll, I'll watch I this other TV watch show on Amazon. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, well. Oh, well. What's your final pick, Steve? Um. Okay. So final pick. I. We're in a different era now. We're sort of like beyond cold war um but it's interesting to see sort of a new gener you know all, you know movies made during that time have a certain perspective and then when you get beyond it then reflecting back on that in a different way um not necessarily commenting on it i always wonder about like why said it then and i think for me it's it's the spy the espionage piece to it that um can be exciting for some people uh and so i'm just going this was one from a couple of years ago that i just really had a good time with and i'm i think both you guys have seen atomic blonde but that is what i'm going to put as 
something that I really enjoyed the Cold War aspect of it and just the badassery of Charlize Theron in this movie. Uh, had a great time with it. And that's my top Cold War film. That's a great that's choice. It. And uh, again, it, it has the whole, uh, you know, the, the uh, double agents and all that sort of stuff. So I, I, th- I thought they yep, did an admirable exactly. job of, of adding all those elements to that film. Good pick. Such a good pick. Such, such, such a good pick. Um, my, my and exceptional soundtrack. Yes. Oh, the, yes. really standout soundtrack. Okay, my final pick. Um, again, really struggled uh, with this one. the The first film that came to mind when we I read that this was the the challenge this week is this movie, and then I worked as hard as I could to find movies that I would want to sit down and watch today more than this movie, and I couldn't do it. So I take that as writ that this is the movie that I need to be talking about. And that is Tony Scott's 2001 uh, film uh, Spy Game starring uh, Robert Redford and Brad Pitt. Uh, I, I love seeing these guys on screen together. The story of, you know, um, of Tom Bishop being arrested in China, uh, you know, seems, again, all the more prescient today as trade you know, uh, concerns escalate. And this is uh, a story of of kind of the, the spy machine that takes us through uh, Vietnam, through Germany, through, I mean, it's just, it, it is a, a wide ranging, um, fun and entertaining and um, equally grim kind of story of assets in the field. And I really, really enjoyed this movie. Uh, spy Game, Tony Scott uh, at his, at some of his best. It's a it's a movie I, I saw in theaters. I remember really loving. I have been, as you know, kind of doing my Robert Redford marathon, moving through all of his filmography. I'm still in the 70s. Finally made it through A Bridge Too Far, um, but mm. this is one I, I definitely have on my uh, sites for the horizon because I'm very much looking forward to rewatching this one. I think I saw it once <laughs> a long time oh ago. That's this one is a, that I just is, yeah. Oh, this I don't, is a tough one today. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, I just yeah. It was eh, I like I said I may have seen it once. I I don't remember. I th- I, I I as I was looking through, I'm like I, I think I saw that. I know Pete's gonna take that one because I think he's mentioned it before. Yeah, so yeah. I'll let him have that. I've one, definitely but, mentioned yeah, it on, the, one on that, the the main show. I I this is a movie yeah. that I really enjoy. Uh, so what is the yeah. score for you, Steve? If you look at Andy's list and my list, you've seen one Falcon uh, and the Snowman, no. Seven Days in May, no, he Spy see, Game. He didn't see no. Falcon and Snowman. No, 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 no. no, no, no I just saw yeah, the list. I, so yeah. Spy who came in yeah. from the Cold Manchurian Candidate and the Lives nope. of Others. Nope, nope, zero for three. And I think I may have seen Spy Game, so may, it's like a point so out of nine six, five. You, there's a maybe I've seen on maybe one. one. Yes, and all of these you have to wait until you see in the name of the Father to watch, <laughs> or yeah, something he's, like that. I'm sure there's other a zone things that's like um, uh, Marvel on Netflix, where all of a sudden yeah. it's becoming too too yeah, much. I he's just, just like, it's too complicated. I'm just going to put on Doll season two. Was this, I, I recall when we did like the movies on a train, wasn't, I think it was something similar where like I had not seen any of these train movies as well. When we go back to, to that list, if you recall, do you remember our remember train, list? train list? No. Andy doesn't remember I, I anything. I, Andy doesn't remember trailers that Pete picks. You know, I don't. Uh, right. yeah. <laughs> the the Bachelor. What that is it? Did we talk day. about that? Yeah. Uh, train heist <laughs> movies. Yes. Uh, 
Yeah. Cause, right. Oh, because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The train list because I had seen. I still haven't seen Assassination of Jesse James. The train. I don't know what that. Oh, was. I think that, I just mentioned that. Two versions I just of the mentioned great the train. John Frankenheimer. Yeah. The, yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Right. See, I, I apparently I need to catch up on my Frankenheimer. And then Pete had the two great train robberies that I hadn't mm-hmm. seen. I've seen the Wild Bunch once a long mm-hmm. time ago. So yeah, see, that's the other. You know, I got to do in the name of the Father, a bunch of these train movies, and then apparently like a whole Frankenheimer thing. Oh, Absolutely. Frankenheimer's great. Yes, you do. Oh, so good. All right. Well, this was a great list, but that also leads us into this week's film. Andy, how excited are you to come up with a list for this movie? <laughs> hmm. Rocky Five, uh, Father Son Stories. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, I. This is the one I have not seen. Oh my gosh, this is like. I, I, who? I, wait. So wait a minute. I, so I just heard this one. I heard, I've I've seen Rocky one, two, three, four. I saw Rocky Balboa. I've seen Creed. I, I haven't seen Creed two yet. This one I just heard was so bad. I was like. Eh, I can skip over this, I'm sure. I, I don't think there's any crucial plot pieces or character development that's going to happen in this movie that when I went to see Rocky Balboa, I wasn't thinking, oh, geez, I wish I'd seen Rocky Five because I'm missing out on important information. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Okay. Well, the plot keywords tell me that... Um, Punching. Oh dear. <laughs> movies of movies with punching. Wow. What about sweat? Boy, boy are they right on it with that one. <laughs> Nailed it, IMDB. Hey, so what about movies with actual uh where the, the characters are played by actual family members? Family members in movies. Oh. Oh yes. So there actual you go. family members. So yeah. family members play like the relationship they play in the movie is the same as in real well, life. I don't know. So like that might be son. that might be hard, but uh, because in this one we we do have a father and son played by you know father yeah. and son. Yeah. Father I'm and just son. saying like just that there are family members in the movie, whether or not they're playing the same relationship. I don't I don't know that we need to go that far. Oh, okay. There's just family yeah. members cast in the same in movie. principal oh, roles okay. in movies. Yeah. In the same movie, not like oh oh I'm going to get my son as an extra. He's, yeah. No. Right. Right. But it's going to be principal characters. Principal roles. Oh, okay. Okay, I like that. Okay. So we've got father, okay. father, son that, stories. It, we've got family members playing family members. Is it playing family mm-hmm. members, or they're just in the movie? No, they're just in the movie. They're together. just in the movie. Okay. Actors yeah. that are family members. So family members acting the together. Principal characters. Yeah. Yes. 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 There we That's, go. I like that. Okay. Let's do that. Um, and so we need one more, and and I think we have punching in case we don't come up with something better. Our <laughs> 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 safety. Um, what would characters named after? Guns? I don't know. <laughs> wow. Well, there is another one in terms of actors that are are playing their role. I mean, Tommy Morrison was a heavyweight boxer playing a a boxer. Uh, we want athlete athletes a- athlete yeah. actors. We did th- we did that with the wrestlers. Last oh, week. didn't we? Yeah, I wasn't there. Didn't? Yeah, we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Hmm. Um. What else is it? What else uh, we is could do uh, financial ruin. Characters, movies <laughs> where it's financial sure. ruin for, with characters with goes yeah. everything. We'll put financial ruin. Okay. okay, that's it. That's it. Okay, so those are our three choices: father, spot. son stories, family yep. members acting together, and financial ruin. Oh, Steve, I can't believe you didn't okay. say this right after punching comes sweat. <laughs> I totally would have picked sweat. <laughs> like, wow, IMDb. Uh, they are as on the nose as that movie was. <laughs> Yeah. Holy cow. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, Andy, you're the Duke. You're the Duke of this show. I am the Duke. Wow. Oh, wait. See, this would fit in with Andy. We got Southern accent. There we go. <laughs> Y'all. Y'all. We appreciate all of you wonderful Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for continuing to support us and, uh, and keeping food on our tables. We really do appreciate all of you and look forward to talking more movies with you next time. See ya. Bye, Pete. Bye, Steve. Bye. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Get started today.